Glad to see everybody here tonight, and um, I mentioned this morning, some of you may have been here, of what we were going to be sharing tonight, and uh, so we are going to be sharing along the lines of God's miraculous provision. Aren't you thankful for the promises of God? We've been saying it quite a bit around here a lot lately, and it is the word of God that the promises of God are what? They're yes and they're amen. That's a scripture in the Bible. All the promises of God are yes and amen. Go ahead. (laughs) PT. And uh, even though the word of God is full of promises that belong to us, we have to claim them in our lives. You know, you can read the Bible and say, and, and it says that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. But guess what? You know that that's a promise in the word of God. You know that he said that. But if, until you call on the name of the Lord, you're not going to be saved. And it's, saying, it's the same with all of the word of God. Our spiritual father, uh, brother Kenneth E. Hagin, he's been in heaven now for many years. But he used to say this all the time. That the promises of God are not going to fall on you like ripe cherries off of a tree. He was point was, you got to receive them. you got to claim them. And you got to act on them. Doesn't the Bible talk about in James even chapter, James chapter 1, that we're not to be just hearers of the word of God, but we have to be doers of the word of God. So these scriptures that we're going to be sharing with you tonight are in the Bible, but we have to say yes and amen. I'm taking that. I'm believing that. I'm going to stand on that. Now, I know that things that are happening in the world, things with the stock market, things with the economy, things with the government being partially shut down, all of these things can be unsettling when it comes to what about the future? What about the finances? Is there gonna, is the economy of, of the United States gonna be blessed or is it gonna go down the tubes? But I just wanna tell you tonight that regardless of what happens in our nation, we are declaring now that our nation is blessed. We're praying that, we're declaring that. But regardless of the economy of our nation, I just drop by to encourage you and tell you, you're connected to another economy. You might be a citizen of the United States of America, but in reality, we as believers are citizens of another kingdom. And it is the kingdom of God. And it's by the kingdom of God that we live. It's by the kingdom of God that we walk in health and healing, that we are prospering. Amen? Amen. We live according to the rules of the kingdom of God and not according to this nation's economy. So let me just remind you of some wonderful passages of scriptures tonight. And then I'm going to tell you quite a few little Bible stories. Y'all like Bible stories? They're not just stories. They really happened. And they encourage our faith. But the first place I want to start tonight is Philippians chapter 4, verse 19. And I'll read it first out of the New King James and then a couple other translations. As a matter of fact, this is just so good. Let's read this together. And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. How many of our needs did he promise to supply? 
Half of them? Just a few? No, all. If you do a Greek study on the word all, if you look up all in the Hebrew, guess what it means? All. Inclusive. Everything. That's a promise to us. And then let's look at that same passage in the uh, New Living Translation, the NLT. And this same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches, which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. I really like that one. From where? His glorious riches. Would you all agree that there's no lack in heaven? There's not a note on the pearly gates. The throne didn't have to be hawked to pay, you know, some payment, mortgage payment that was past due in heaven. No, his riches are glorious. There's no end to his provision. Just think about it in heaven. It says that the streets are paved with gold. Now, I like gold. It's awesome. It's precious. But I would never think about paving my driveway with gold. I want to wear it. I want to bling with it. You know what I'm saying? But there's so much, there's so much abundance in heaven that they paved the streets with gold. That sounds like to me, he's going to meet our needs according from, I like that, from his glorious riches. That says to me, he's got a storehouse full of everything that we need. And then it goes on to say, which have been given to us. How many in here are believers? You've called on the name of the Lord. Jesus is your Savior. You believe in Him with all of your heart. Then that makes you an heir. And a joint heir with Jesus Christ. What He has belongs to us. He has given it to us through what He has done for you and I. That ought to make us happy. How about we just raise our hand and just praise the Lord. I'm a joint heir with Jesus Christ. And all that heaven has, the vast glorious resources of heaven have been given to me through my relationship with my Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. That's good news, isn't it? And then again, the same passage, Philippians 4.19, out of the Amplified. And my God will, ooh, let's read that one together, liberally supply, fill to the full your every need according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. Let's just think about that one for a minute. Liberally Supply. You know, when I eat a baked potato, almost every time when I order a baked potato in a restaurant and they bring me a little dab of butter, I'm like, seriously? I want to liberally smother this baked potato in butter. So could you bring me the whole stick? You know, could you bring me a little more butter? I don't want it. people being stingy with butter on a baked potato. He said, I'm going to be liberal in how I supply your need. Jesus' nature is not stingy. He never says, well, I'm just going to give you a little bit of peace. I'm going to give you a teeny dab 
of joy. Just a little dab will do you. No, he's into liberality. He's into abundance. Hallelujah. Liberal means generous. He's generous. First of all, in his love for you and for me. Aren't you glad he didn't love us just a little bit? He loved us with all that he is and all that he has. And that love extends over, not just into salvation, but into his care for us. Into wanting to bless us in every single area of life. We're not just talking about money here. Glorious riches provided for us means you're going to have health. You're going to have peace. You're going to have joy. Your life can be free of torment. He's going to fill us to the full liberally with his goodness. Hallelujah. And his grace. When I say those words, fill to the full, it reminds me of John chapter 10, verse 10 in the Amplified. It says this about the devil, the thief, the devil. He comes only in order to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I have come that you may have and enjoy life. And this is a part we're emphasizing, have it in abundance. To the full, till it overflows. That's his will. That's his plan for our lives. Living in abundance. Not abundance of gloom, despair, and agony. But living in abundance of the Zoe. The God kind of life that he came to give us. I want to challenge you this year in 2019. This ought to be in your hearts and it ought to be on your lips. I'm living in the overflow. The overflow of God's blessing. How about we practice that right now? Raise your hands and say, I'm living in the overflow. The overflow of God's blessing. Hallelujah. So we're talking about tonight the miraculous provision. And those scriptures we just read helps us realize it's his will for our physical needs, our financial needs, of course our spiritual needs to be blessed. Now when I say miraculous or miracle, oftentimes people immediately think about physical healing and that is definitely part of it but healing is it shows God's mercy and compassion but listen to this definition of miracle a miracle is an extraordinary event manifesting divine intervention into human affairs miracles show the existence of God You think about it even in our nation. At one time, most people believed in God. They didn't have a relationship with him. But if you ask them, do you believe that there's a God? Most people were kind of like, yeah, probably, yeah. Well, now there's a lot has shifted and has changed. And there's many people that don't believe in God. Or they believe that there's various gods. And there's all these different ways to the higher power. 
And so God needs to be seen in our nation. Would you agree? God needs to show himself strong. Not only to minister to the needs of people, but that people will be going, Well, God, he is God. God does the miraculous. Only God could do that. That had to be the hand of the Lord upon them. So I believe that we are in a time and a season in our nation of signs, wonders, and miracles. We were just hearing, listen to a good friend of ours before we came. They're having a prayer conference there in Tulsa. And he's just contending. They were praying for the rain. Outpouring of the rain. Lord, let your spirit fall in our nation. Let there be a spiritual awakening. And he was telling stories of of how him and his wife used to travel throughout Europe. And the things they witnessed. And they were there right before the Berlin Wall came down. Folks, we've seen miraculous things in our life. And our hearts cry out to be, Lord, do it again. And not just looking back, do what you used to do, but saying, Lord, we believe you've saved the best for last. The great outpourings in the past were awesome, but we believe it's time, Lord, for you to show yourself so strong in our nation. Miraculous things. Physical miracles, the blind eyes seeing, the deaf ears open, the lame walking. Lord, do it in our day. We need to contend for these things. Like I said about the promises of God, they are yes and they are amen. But even when it comes to the reign of the Spirit, how does that happen? Zechariah 10.1 says, Ask ye of the Lord, reign in the time of the latter reign. If now isn't the time, I don't know when. If we aren't the people, then who? It is our time. It is the season for God to show himself strong, hurting, sighing, dying humanity. Those folks that received the Lord today, thank God people are receiving Jesus. But he wants to show himself to be the healer. To be the deliverer. To be all that we need him to be. It's time for signs and wonders. You know what a sign and a wonder is? A sign is something showing up that makes people wonder. Woo! Hallelujah! That it's so unusual. And it's so unlikely that people go, Whoa! God is on the move. On the move. Hallelujah! So obviously, yeah, I'm working up to that. So in our lifetime, in our lifetime, Pastor Mark and I, oh, Pastor Nancy, sometimes we don't realize that we have seen the book of Acts in operation. And we've been around quite a while. (laughs) So I want to tell you this one miraculous event that I was reminded of last night. I was listening to Dr. Billy Brim. And I was like, whoa, you know, that was, I, I went into where pastor was and I'm like, I just heard a story that just remind me of Acts and we witnessed it and God is going to do these things again. So this had to be in like the late 1970s, early 1980s. 
that there were some Finland believers over in Finland and they were praying and they were believing God for their nation. And one of the people actually, the back property of their property was right up against Russia and they could feel Russia's aggression. They were actually coming into Finland. They capture people. They'd never see them again. So they were having these intense prayer meetings and they were praying. And one of these nights they were praying and a word of the Lord came through one of the women there. And the word of the Lord said, go to America and get this message called faith and it will save your nation. So they looked at one another. What is this message called faith? Where did we go? One of the ladies there had been to a conference in Canada and she happened to buy a book by Brother Hagen. And on the Brother Hagen's books, there's a little faith shield. It's called Faith Publications. They got this book and they said, oh, he must be the one who has the message of faith. So we are going to go to Tulsa, Oklahoma. They didn't speak any English, but two of them got their ticket. They showed up at the Tulsa airport. And this was back, like I said, late 70s, early 80s. They didn't know where to go. They just had the name, Kenneth Hagen. And they happened to be right by baggage claim back in the day. I guess there was some sort of of directory there that they went over and started looking through, trying to find this name, Hagen. And in this directory, there weren't any phone numbers, but there were addresses. And they came up on Kenneth Hagen Jr.'s address. They wrote it down the best they could, not speaking any English, took it outside, gave it to a taxi driver. And he, in the middle of the night, he takes them to Pastor Ken Jr.'s house. He knocks on their door, couldn't speak any English. He kind of discerned that they were, they were there for some reason. So he puts them up in the hotel for the night. Next morning, he goes and picks them up at the hotel and takes them over to the office. This is during the time when Billy Brim was editor of the Word of Faith magazine. So I don't know why. She didn't really know either. But he brings them to their her office. Her assistant discerns, because they could say Finland, that they were from Finland. And right at the moment when they walk into her office and she hears Finland from her assistant, she's on the phone with the only Finnish lady she knew in the world who lived in Minnesota. So she hands the phone. She says, these people are from Finland. They don't speak any English. Can you talk to them and find out why they're here? And so she hands the phone to them. They have a little conversation, hand the phone back to Billy. And this lady in a heavy Finnish accent says, they have come for that faith message. Well, Brother Hagen was actually out of town. They had a little discussion with Pastor Ken. What do we do? And Billy said, well, this lady up here, you know, she speaks perfect Finnish. We have to have somebody interpret and translate. We have to find out what they're real. You know, what do they want? So they decided that they would fly them up to Minnesota. And at this lady who she was talking to on the phone was Jim Caseman was working with her. And so Jim Caseman and Kathy Caseman said, we'll drive this woman down to Minneapolis and we'll set up this meeting in this home of Bob and Alice Nagley, some friends of ours as well, and we'll find out what they want. So they get over here to this home, Billy and these two little Finnish. That had to be kind of an interesting trip, no English. She flies them up to Minneapolis. 
gets him over to the Nagley's home. And his wife had prepared some little ham sandwiches. So that she says to Billy, will you pray over the food? And Billy describes it like this. She said it's only happened to her twice in her life. All of a sudden, this cloak from heaven fell on her. She said, I know that spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets. You know, most of the time you can, you just say, okay, that might not be the time. But she said it felt like if she didn't start prophesying, she would die. And for an hour and 45 minutes, they got it on a recording. She prophesied how significant it was that these people had come from Finland and that Jim Caseman and her and different ones, they were going to help them. They were going to go into Finland and bring the message of faith. And from Finland, they were going to go over into Russia. And the message of faith getting into Russia was going to shake that nation and cause communism to fall. And it did just that. The Spirit of God through Brother Jim Caseman was directing him. He got three was it three million? Three million of Brother Hagen's books over a course of time translated into the Russian language from that little obedience of those little Finnish people coming over to Tulsa, Oklahoma for that faith message. And it changed. They were smuggled in. They, they, they had to smuggle those in. They had to come through the Finnish border and many times they were stopped, but they wouldn't get their, their Bibles and the books. They got them in through different means. And, and Billy was sharing that at the time one of her grandsons was six years old, I mean in sixth grade. And she'd come home and she'd tell them stories about running from the KGB. Little, little grandmas. Lynn Hammond was involved in that. They'd go over there. They'd meet with the underground church. They'd get them these books and then they'd start getting them translated into Russian. And she'd come home and tell the story and our grandson said man Mimi can me and my friends come over to your house they think you're like Indiana Jones or 007 that's book of Acts stuff it shook Russia communism fell the church is no longer underground millions of people have received Jesus in in the nation of Russia and Finland was saved from that communism aggression trying to take over their nation all because people prayed and God said go to America and get that faith message hallelujah prayer changes people it's supernatural god has ways and means of of providing for us he provided for them he directed their path if he will do that for people that we know that we were involved in those projects if he will do that for regular ordinary grammys he will do it for you he will provide for you we need to expect the supernatural if you need divine Supernatural intervention. It is available. Miracles still happen today. That was a that was a miraculous divine intervention and a glorious connection that Russia is still feeling the effects of today. Hallelujah. And there was. Just come on. I don't remember all of that, honey. 
So, yeah, it was all supernatural. Do you, are you hijacking? Do you want to preach? <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. I don't remember all the details of that. I, hallelujah. talking about provision, right? Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Brother Hagen came to Minneapolis. It was a huge deal. I mean, we were all like in our 20s and our 30s. They rented the Baptist Church downtown Minneapolis. And the Spirit of the Lord just came upon uh, several pastors there. Just to, They were talking about the project. And one pastor said, well, I'll give 10000 That just started popping like popcorn. So money came in for the yeah, project. Yeah, that's right. I didn't remember all the details, but that is exactly right. And it was not only the divine miraculous connection, but the provision. And that is the thing. When God gives vision... There is provision. Thank you, honey. That was good. That needed to be added. When there is vision, there is provision. And that's not just for some big project to get Brother Hagen's books translated into Russian. But that's for your life as well. And we're living in the day and in the age when we can't expect, I believe it with all of my heart, supernatural divine provision. So as I was preparing this, I started thinking about the stories in the Bible. Just think about it. These are not, they're not bedtime stories that somebody made up. These are realities. Our God has always been into the supernatural because he is supernatural. Into supernaturally providing for his children. Glory to God. Just think about some of them. You can read them later. You know these stories. But think about the children of Israel. When they were in the wilderness, he fed them supernaturally every day with manna and with quail. And it even says that their clothes and their shoes didn't wear out for 40 years. I don't want to believe for that one because I like new shoes and new clothes. But you know what I'm saying. But God supernaturally took care of them think about the prophet elijah you can read about him over in first uh, kings chapter 17 you can read about him in a lot of places but this is a diff- really cool story he had declared it's not going to rain for three years and it didn't rain for three years but god said to him there's a drought in the land but i'm gonna take care of you and he sent him down to the brook called cherub and every single day he had fresh water in the brook but it said that he had meat hallelujah the ravens the ravens went and got him meat and i really believe it for sure because you know if there's a drought nobody was eating as good as the king so that raven was probably sitting out on the balcony of king ahab window every day and as soon as they had those steak and eggs ready he just swooped in there and got that steak hallelujah supernaturally fed for three years down by the brook then the brook dried up and he sent him to a little widow woman's house god took care of him think about the provisional miracles that happened in jesus ministry You know what? If you study the Bible, there is more in the Old Testament and the New Testament about provisional miracles than any other kind. Thank God for the physical miracles. We're believing for those. Thank God for supernatural protection. Pastor talked about today. But there's more in the Bible about God promising to meet our needs. And if he has to do it by supernatural means, 
So be it. Glory to God. Think about Jesus' first miracle. Anybody know what his first miracle was? It wasn't blind eyes popping open. That's awesome. That's good. But Jesus' first miracle was at a wedding. In John chapter 2, his first miracle was a provisional miracle. And we know that him and his mom, they were at this uh, wedding in Cana. Actually, let's look at this one. John 2 verse 1. And the third day there was a marriage in Cana of Galilee and the mother of Jesus was there. And both Jesus was called and his disciples to the marriage. And when they wanted wine, the mother of Jesus said unto him, They have no wine. Jesus said unto her, Woman, what have I to do with thee? Mine hour is not come. But these words are so powerful. If you want a miracle in your life, a provision, or whatever kind it is, you need to act on this. His mother said unto the servants, Whatever he saith unto you, do it. Obedience is attached to your miracle. Obedience is attached to your blessing. Whatever he says. I want to encourage you this year to stay full of the Holy Spirit. Stay full. Be led. Be obedient. Whatever he says to you. Hallelujah. You'll be blessed. You'll walk in the fullness. Walk in the overflow. If you walk in obedience. Amen. And then let's let's look at, at verse 11 of that same chapter. Or verse 10. And then, you know, she, he goes, he turns the water into wine. The servants, they had to act in faith. He said, fill the water pots with water and take it to the governor of the feast. Can you imagine what they were thinking? Well, that's not going to go well. If we bring him water, it's going to be off with our heads. He's asked for wine, not water. So they had to act in faith. And they did what he said. And it says here, this is the governor feast, verse 10. And he saith unto him, Every man at the beginning doth set forth good wine. And when men are well drunk, then that which is worse. But thou hast kept the good wine until now. This beginning of miracles did Jesus in Cana of Galilee. And manifest forth his glory. And his disciples believed on him. That stands out to me, this beginning of miracles, and his disciples believed on him. It's what we were talking about in the beginning. It's time for signs and wonders. God's not opposed to showing himself strong. He's not opposed to doing people, doing things for people (coughs) that cause him to say, Woo! God, he is God. We need to be believing him for that. Of course, there's many other miracles that he did. How about when Jesus... <coughs> excuse me. Hallelujah, my voice is good. How about when he fed the 5,000 men plus women and children with five loaves and two little fishes? I'd say that was a provisional miracle. It was so phenomenal that every one of the writers of the gospel put it in the gospel. So that we could read that and say, whoa, that is phenomenal. Just think about it. How did the disciples even know that there was a little guy there that had the lunch? Because probably all the people were so hungry and they're smelling this one little boy's fish. And staring over there, envying. Wow, his mama 
packed him a lunch. How come mama didn't pack me one? Starting to get hungrier. There's thousands of people there. And only one little boy's mama was smart enough to pack a lunch. Yay, mom. Anyhow, but Jesus, he had them divide the people into small groups, sit down on the grass. And then he took the bread and the fish and he blessed it. Can you imagine what the people were thinking when they see this tiny little basket of food? And there's thousands of people sitting there getting ready to eat. And he's got them all in groups. And I'm sure some of them in the back of the group are going, oh, man. Oh, no. That's Lester in the first group. That big boy, I know how much he eats. Once he gets a hold of that loaf of bread and fish, there won't even be a crumb left for me. Can you imagine what people were thinking that day? But Jesus blessed it, passed it out. And every single time that big Lester and all of the other people ate all they wanted, it kept multiplying. And we know the account. They weren't just fed what happened. Twelve baskets left over. And we could go on and on. You ought to read them. The miracles of provision that Jesus did throughout his ministry. His first miracle was provisional at the marriage His last miracle was provisional. And it was when the Pharisees were coming to Peter and they were like, What? You and your master, you don't believe in paying taxes? You're not paying the temple tax, getting all religious on them? And what did Jesus do? He said, Peter, go fishing. Peter was a fisherman. Go fishing. And the first fish that you catch, there's going to be a coin in there. Take it and pay my taxes and your taxes. We're coming up on tax season. Some of you might need to go fishing. (laughs) First miracle, last miracle were provisional. He loves to provide for us. And notice with every single one of these miracles, Jesus used what was here on earth. People sometimes think he's going to rain money down from heaven. He's going to plant a money tree in their backyard. No, he's not a counterfeiter. He uses what's here on earth. But the earth is his and the fullness thereof. And it belongs unto us, his wonderful children. So how is he going to get these finances to us? How is he going to get this money to us? Well, I want to close tonight talking just for a few moments about one of the ways that I believe we're going to see miraculous provision is through angelic assistance. Hallelujah. The money is here. What we need is here in the earth. And we can go after it with our faith and we can have angels helping us glory to god we believe i believe it that we are living in a time of the increase of angelic activity and assistance the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of earth are getting closer and closer together we are at the end of an age Another thing that Billy was sharing the other night was that Dad Hagen, he came and sat down in her office one day when she worked for him. And just out by the Spirit of God, he started talking to her about what happens at the end of an age. And he said, Billy, 
you are going to be on earth at the end of this age. He said, I'll already be in heaven, but you'll be here. And he said, one thing that happens when an age is about to transition and come to the end of an age is the other age starts lapsing over. And he told her one of the things that we will see at the end of this age is angelic help like we've never seen before. Angelic help. How many could choose that? (coughs) Probably we've all experienced it and didn't even know it. Probably a lot of us wouldn't even be sitting in this auditorium tonight if angels hadn't spared our lives. We all have angels. They're watching over us. But they also are there to minister for us. Hebrews 1.14 in the New King James, it says, Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for those who will inherit salvation? Certainly they minister to us. But this is emphasizing for us. That's the key word. We'll read that same passage out of the Amplified. Are not the angels, all ministering spirits, servants sent out in the service of God for the assistance of those who are to inherit salvation? They assist us. They minister for us. Hallelujah. And we need to commission them. In Psalms 103 verse 20 in the Amplified it says, Bless, affectionately praise the Lord, you His angels, you mighty ones who do His commands, hearkening to the voice of His word. Angels hearken to the voice of His Word. Not Jesus speaking it. He's not down here sending out angels. We're to speak His Word. That's what commissions them. That's what gives them entrance. And, 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 and that's what gives them, licenses them to go and to work on our behalf. Well, how do we do that? How do we send them forth? By speaking the word. If you're facing a financial situation, then find scriptures, ones that we just read. Philippians 4.19, stand up and declare it. My God supplies all of my needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Now, Lord, I have this financial need. I have the need to pay my rent, whatever. And I'm commissioning, I'm sending the angels of the Lord. They're assisting me right now. And they're going and they're causing the money to come come in from wherever whoever but I'm sending them forth to bring the money in hallelujah find the word of God and declare it find things like Abraham what God said to Abraham he said fear not Abraham I'm your shield I'm your abundant compensation Lord you promise that you are my abundant compensation 
Father, I have given and it is given unto me. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. And then if you are a tither, listen, folks, it's a law. It's something that God put into motion. There is a blessing for the tither that you don't get any other way. Read it in Malachi chapter 3, verse 10 and 11. He said that we as tithers, I wrote this down, let me read it. We're to bring all of our tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. And try me now, says the Lord, if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour out such blessing that you may not have room enough to receive it. That's a blessing that belongs to the tither. Do you want the windows of heaven opened on you, on your life, on your family? You can take that scripture and you can stand on it. Lord, I am a tither and I have this need right now. And I'm expecting the windows of heaven to be open. Angels, go. Angels, go and cause the blessings to flow into my life. And if the enemy is attacking your finances and he's trying to rob and steal from you, then you ought to use verse 11. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sake. Woo! That's giving the angels something to work with. You're speaking the word. You're declaring the promises of God. And then you're sending them out. To carry it out in the name of Jesus. Let's all stand. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Let's bless the Lord. Hallelujah. Woo! Glory to God. We bless you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for your promises that are yes and amen. We thank you, Lord, for heaven's help. We thank you, Lord, for angelic assistance. Ha, 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 ha. Oh, hallelujah. We thank you for supernatural provision. Thank you, Lord, for reminding us from your word. How then, my sombrata, you delight to bless your children. Glory to God. There is no lack. There is no lack. Oh, we don't have to walk in lack. We don't have to walk in fear. Oh, makatanda masombrata. We can stand on the promises. We can act on the word of the living God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.